0: Welcome to series three. It's a little bit late in in its arrival because I had originally intended to get this series started a lot sooner. And to tell you the truth, I've been procrastinating a little about exactly what I was going to put in the first episode of this new series. But actually, this today's episode ties in really well with the 10th anniversary of make it british because today the date this episode goes out which is tuesday the 9th of march 2021 is exactly 10 years ago since i wrote the first ever blog post on make it british and gosh how things have changed in those last 10 years So I thought in today's episode, I would look back at how things are different between then in 2011 and now in 2021 in terms of UK manufacturing and the brands that are making here in the UK. When I first started Make It British, everyone thought I I was mad. So I'd come from a background working as a fashion buyer and particularly the people that I work with, who were used to sourcing everything for the Far East. When I said I was gonna go and set up a website promoting companies that manufacture in the UK, they thought I was mad. I mean, you know, people were saying things like, no one makes anything here anymore, and if they do, it's too expensive. And I have to say, back then, 10 years ago, it was much more difficult to find companies that make here in the UK. Not only the brands that were making here, but even more so to find the manufacturers and the suppliers that were making here too. I mean, one of the main reasons, it's only 10 years ago, but gosh, back then, a lot of the UK manufacturers I came across didn't even have a website or they weren't advertising themselves. There was no trade show um, that you could go to to find UK manufacturers. And a lot of it was very much done by word of mouth. And the brands that were making here, some of them weren't even telling people that they were made in the UK. Of course, there was always these fantastic heritage brands that we know about, such as, you know, the wonderful knitwear companies like John Smedley and Johnson's of Elgin. And of course, all the amazing footwear manufacturers that still make shoes in Northampton, the other smaller guys who were out there who were making in the UK weren't necessarily telling people and they weren't shouting about it and they weren't using it as a feature of their product back then. So it really was quite a challenge when I first started out to find the companies here that made in the UK. And there weren't at the time as well any other organisations that were doing it. I mean, in the last 10 years, a whole plethora of different platforms and websites and organizations have set up to promote companies that make in the UK or to sell products that are made in the UK. But 10 years ago it was it was unheard of. So it really was quite groundbreaking when I launched Make It British. And over the years, I have come across some of the most amazing UK makers and brands, and have visited some of the most fantastic factories. So what I wanted to do today was just really cover some of the key milestones that I've seen in the last 10 years. And the first one definitely has to be 2012 with the Queen's Jubilee and the Olympics happening in the same year. And in that year, we saw a huge spike of traffic to the Make It British website. That is the year that I think really put Made in Britain or Made in the UK and being british and buying british on the map and that was also the first time that i appeared on various different tv programs i was on bbc breakfast and other publications because they were interested in talking to me about make it british and making in the uk and there was such a flurry of interest there so that that's that was my first milestone The second milestone for me, of course, was the launching of our trade show, which happened in 2014, June 2014. So the reason I started the trade show was because I realised that so many people were getting in touch with me looking for UK manufacturers by then. So that was just three years after I started Make It British. And in that time, I had so many people contacting me saying, I now actually want to make in the UK. And do you know where the UK manufacturers are? So I set up the trade show. We had, I think, 50 exhibitors at the first one, all within the fashion and textile sector, but across all different areas of it, from garment manufacturers to fabric suppliers to label people. And it was amazing because it was the first time all these people had come together. And we were expecting, I think, just a few hundred. And in the end, there was over 2000 people came to the first show, which really gave great Um, credibility to the fact that people did now want to make in the UK. And we had Mary Porters as one of the the keynote speakers at the event. And that was just after she had done the television programme about a knicker factory, a lingerie factory in Manchester, that she'd worked with and helping them to find people to go and work there and to make a new brand of knickers in that factory. So again, that had helped spotlight UK manufacturing and making in particular fashion and textiles in the UK. So 2014 was a good year. The next milestone was the referendum in 2016. So when I look back, at the traffic we've had to the Make It British website as a representation of people that have come to the site, specifically looking for UK manufacturers or or to buy something that's made in the UK and to find out the brands that make in the UK. I can see obvious spikes where the graph goes up and down in various years. And I'm going to actually make an infographic about that. So hopefully, I'll be able to get that infographic out the same week that you're listening to this podcast because it's really quite interesting to see. So 2012 that I've just mentioned. So the next one was 2016, the referendum. Without a doubt, once we people knew we were going to be leaving the EU, whether you were leave or remain and whatever you thought about it, suddenly people were thinking, oh, actually, hang on a minute. Do we actually make anything here? And again, there was, a, there was another flurry of interest. Actually, I forgot to mention, there was also, we did have a big flurry of interest in 2015 when there was a Buy British Day at the beginning of October, the 5th of October, 2015. And um, that was organised by an organisation called Breast of Britannia, which was a, a fantastic event that used to take place in London, highlighting the companies that made in the UK. Doesn't doesn't um, happen anymore but in that year, 2015, they organised the first ever By British Day, which also doesn't happen anymore. But I'm going to talk about what we're doing to replace that in a minute. Um, and people, again, were looking for Buy British Day and found the Make It British website on that day. That actually was the day that we had more page views on our website. Interesting fact. Uh, that day than at any other time since then, which was 57,118 views. Um, and uh so that was 2015, 2016 we had the referendum. And then fast forward to today, of course, we've left the EU now, and the busiest day on the Make It British website by far was January the 5th, 2021, when we left the EU. I don't know, there was suddenly a big spike. People were suddenly thinking, hang on a minute, I need to start buying things that are made in the UK, I need to find UK manufacturers because everything's stuck at the port and can't get hold of their stock. So why are more people interested now? Because if, if I look at the amount of interest we've had this the start of 2021 versus the start of last year, the same two months last year, Make It British has had 63% more traffic to the website than we had this time last year. And without a doubt, the amount of interest now for buying UK-made product and finding UK manufacturers is phenomenal. And it's actually probably more than I could ever have imagined it would have been 10 years ago when I started Make It British. So why do people want to buy more UK made products now? Well, there's several reasons, but I think, you know, one of the main things is that they really want to support local businesses. You know, the the pandemic, because we've had the pandemic of the last year, It originated in China, so there are certain groups of people that don't want to buy anything that's made in China, so that has made people turn to looking at local businesses, but also just because people want to support their local communities and want to help get the UK back on its feet. After the devastating blow we've had in the last 12 months where it feels like we've been locked down for, for for 52 weeks. Although I know we haven't. We were let out for a short while. And actually, at the time of recording this, of course, we're still in lockdown, but we're getting towards hopefully some sort of normality coming back towards the end of 2021. So yeah, people want to support local businesses, but they also want to buy more responsibly and they want to leave a lower carbon footprint. And I'm seeing that more as well, particularly with the younger generation. I think they're calling them Gen Z now. So the ones after the millennials, the, the Greta Thunberg generation who don't want to be mass consumers of loads of disposable cheap throwaway products that damage the environment, but actually are thinking a little bit more purposefully about what they want to buy. And I think that's going to have a big impact on what people want to buy going forward. And that's going to influence all generations really, where they're questioning us, why are we buying all this cheap shit from overseas? Why are we not investing more in in quality products that are made to last? So certainly that's why people are showing much more of an interest of buying locally made now. But also, why do businesses want to make here more? Because, like I said, my my peers from retail back in 2011 thought I was mad. You know, no one wants to make in the UK anymore. And fast forward to today, and just in the last week, I have had three of my previous contacts at the big retailers contacting me, wanting to find UK manufacturers to work with. So, oh, how things have changed in the last 10 years, and. You know, a lot of it is due to disruption to supply chains that's happened due to Brexit. There's been delays getting products into stores, and of course, that hits sales and profits. That's that's one of the reasons the big retailers are looking, but for the smaller companies as well, there's so many benefits. Which, if you li- you're a regular listener to this podcast, I don't need to explain you the benefits on this particular episode because I sure I'm sure you know all of the great benefits about manufacturing locally, but definitely it's coming to the fore more now, which is so exciting. And the other thing from businesses as well, they want to be more responsible. Their customers are starting to ask them, you know, where were your products made? And they want to reduce their carbon footprint and develop a more sustainable supply chain. And the UK can offer that. And that's what local manufacturing can do. The other thing that goes in UK manufacturing's favour, particularly when it comes to fashion and textiles, is that people are getting a bit sick of fast fashion. Everyone knows that a lot of the big brands cancelled orders and there's been a lot of stuff in the press about Boohoo. And I did a podcast episode of it, which was one of our most popular episodes about them not being transparent about their supply chain. And I'm now hearing of manufacturers who were making for Boohoo wanting to switch and make a better quality product, a much higher value product, in lower volume. And that is what the UK is good at. It's what we were good at 10 years ago when I started Make It British. It's what all the heritage brands have built their business on and what they're known for is a good quality, high value product and not something made in high volumes at a low price. But of course, if we are going to be able to grow UK manufacturing to keep up with the demand that we are seeing now, then there's certain things that are still barriers to its growth. One of those things, of course, is lack of skills or not as many skills here as we need, and not as many skilled people here in manufacturing. We need to encourage more young people to get into manufacturing or people that might have lost their jobs due to the pandemic and Businesses closing down, they might have worked in retail or hospitality. They need to think about getting into manufacturing and making things. There's some amazing jobs. It's been proven that people that work in manufacturing earn, on average, a higher rate of pay than those that work in your average job in the UK. So, if you're listening to this and you know someone who's looking for a job, please tell them to consider getting a role within manufacturing or start up their own business making something. But the other barrier we have to growth here in the UK, particularly within the fashion and textile industry, which is the area that I come from, is a very fragmented supply chain. So we've got a shortage of some of the essential things that we need. There's only one button manufacturer in the UK. We don't have people that make zips. Thread is in short supply. Thread manufacturers here, most of that comes from Europe. And we need to be able to rebuild up these parts of the supply chain to bring it all back together again. So although 10 years ago when I started Make It British, the supply chain was totally fragmented. It it took the launch of our trade show in 2014 for a lot of the manufacturers even to get to know each other and to all come together and actually realise that they existed. So it still has some way to go, but we are getting there. We could do with more government investment. That would be good, wouldn't it? If they actually gave some support to the companies that manufacture here in the UK, not just the big guys, but also the small companies too. Because I have to say in the last 10 years, the companies that I am most excited about that I think are really doing amazing things making in the UK and supporting UK manufacturing are all the smaller businesses and they really do need more support. There's some amazing things and amazing people working here in the UK and making in the UK. And I actually think that if you were starting a business now, why would you want to make anywhere else? It makes total sense to make locally for so many reasons. And it's some of the things that I will be covering further in series two in this series of the podcast. So do listen out for those. But on today's episode, I am focusing on what the milestones have been and what has changed between 2011 when I started this podcast and 2021 now. So there's a few other little interesting snippets that I thought I'd bring to your attention. When I was looking back over the last 10 years, So here are a few more facts and figures about Make It British over the last 10 years. So we have had over six and a half million unique visitors to the website in that time, which considering I just started it as a blog, and I think the first time I wrote the first ever post on the website, maybe five friends looked at it and that was it. And I'd get excited if I just had one visitor come to the website one day. So six and a half million people Our most popular page on the website is an article that was first written about six years ago, which is our list of the top 50 British made bags. It has changed from being 50 to 40 to 60. We've changed the number. We've edited it and updated it many times over the last half a decade since it was first published. It's consistently number one in Google, and it is the most popular page on our website, and it has been since we published it. We've also... Put a live chat system on the website about three years ago now, maybe less. And in that time, we have answered over half a million chat messages just amongst the three of us on the Make It British team. And I am quite often the person that is there answering that chat message. So if you do pop on the Make It British website, say hello, let me know you've listened to this podcast. We have a new chat system on there now, which is much easier to use, and it pops up on my mobile. So quite often, I'm there at weird times of the day or night. So I'd love to hear from you. Please leave a message on there if you've listened to this podcast. And then the other tidbit that I that I wanted to share with you is: Do you know what the most requested product that we get on the Make It Bridge website with people are asking us? about something they want to find that is made in the UK, because that's what the sort of requests we get a lot. Where can I find this made in the UK or that made in the UK? We're seen as kind of like the Oracle or the Wikipedia of uh, of where you can find something that's made in the UK. And generally, I will have a pretty good idea. It's like we we don't make that here. The most popular item that we get requested for, can you buy this made in the UK, but no one is yet making it, Is an electric kettle. Now, if someone gave me a pound for every time I got asked if there was someone making electric kettles in the UK, I would be setting up my own electric kettle factory right now because it is the most in demand item. And if you're listening to this and you've got some big money to invest and you're looking for something that there's huge customer demand for, it's an electric kettle factory. Um, so on that note, I wanted to just finish off this episode today to just to remind you that today is Made in UK day. I talked about it on a bonus episode, which came out a couple of weeks ago, but I wanted to just remind you it's the first ever Made in UK day because we wanted to highlight all of the amazing UK makers and products that are made in the UK and just give people that little nudge that they needed and like they need it right now that there are some amazing things here and that they should maybe invest some money in buying something that is made locally, supporting local businesses and lowering their carbon footprint. So I'm going to finish there today on this episode. This is the start of series three of the Make It British podcast. I'm going to be doing two a week this series. I'm going back to doing two a week. I'm probably going to regret saying that because it's quite hard work by the time you've recorded and published and decided what you're going to talk about. So I'm planning to do an interview every Tuesday and then a shorter episode solo show on a Friday where I'm going to be sharing tips, particularly for those people that make in the UK or want to make in the UK and some ideas I've got for how you can do that better and improve the product you make here and find more UK manufacturers. So do take a listen to the Friday episode as well if you want to make here in the UK. And if you are looking to find companies that make in the UK, you want to find products that are made here to buy rather than Buying stuff that's imported and made overseas, take a look in the Make It British directory, which you can find at makeitbritish.co.uk forward slash directory. There's lots of amazing businesses in there who are all members of Make It British, showcasing what they do. You can visit all of their their individual websites. Take a look at some of the amazing things that we have found that are made in the UK, which 10 years ago, I just didn't know existed. So have a great week and I'll be back again on Friday. See you soon.